Now, this week, the Central Bank of Ireland released its third quarterly bulletin uh, for 2023, which gives us a look at how the Irish economy is doing. I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Martin O'Brien, who's Head of Irish Economic Analysis at the Central Bank of Ireland. Good morning, Martin. Good morning. Can you just tell us in simple terms, how's the Irish economy going and uh, what does it mean for ordinary people? So the Irish economy has performed remarkably well and has proven very resilient um, in the face of you know, what has been two very significant events and shocks in the last couple of years, be that the pandemic uh, and then uh, the economic implications of Russia's war in Ukraine. Um, now, what that has been uh, reflected in, in the numbers, as we see, uh, we still have you know, quite a strong labour market. The unemployment is uh, still down around 4%, which is at you know, historical lows or is, uh, is really what we would consider pretty much full employment in the economy overall. Uh, and that's something that we are expecting to continue. Uh, but that sort of pace of growth and that sort of pace of strength that we've seen um, uh, uh, in the last sort of year or two since the, since the sort of the, the pandemic turned, um, that sort of pace of growth is, is going to start easing now. Uh, we, we're, we, the economy is basically in a situation where it can't necessarily grow uh, as fast anymore. Uh, there are what we would call capacity constraints. And basically what that means is that whether the economy overall, you know, it, it, it can't produce the amount of goods and services that is you know, fundamentally demanded. Um, uh, and that means that they're that putting up pressure on inflation, which, as we know, has been uh, very high, predominantly because of you know, uh, commodity price shocks, uh, energy shocks, um, and food prices in particular in the last, uh, say, toward the end of last year into this year. Uh, uh, but what we're seeing now is that, you know, as economic growth outlook begins to slow a little bit, uh, the labour market remains very tight. Uh, wage growth will pick up uh, and inflation will become more more driven by more domestic reasons, domestic factors than sort of those global commodity price factors. Uh, and so what we're saying in terms of the inflation outlook is that, yes, it's still too high. It's coming down. There will be, you know, issues with, you know, interest rates have been increased to try and, uh, and bring it down. Uh, uh, but there is quite a strong level of demand in the domestic economy. Uh, and that will uh, will will mean that the, the sort of the, the path for inflation will be a, a little bit of a gradual decline of inflation over the coming years, ultimately going back towards 2% uh, in 2025. So you're saying a gradual uh, return to a reduction in inflation and also um, increase in wages. That Those are the general trends. And, and over the coming months and years, those should help to even it out. And will people find the economic conditions then a bit better? So it was certainly the case that you know businesses and households uh, you know found it very tough during uh, to a certain extent during 2022. Now and it differed across different sectors and different uh, uh, and different parts uh, and different you know income levels, etc. But the uh, broadly speaking, as a whole, yes. Uh, real incomes, as in the purchasing power for for, for people's in their house in their pockets, will will be improving as we move through this year and into next year. Because, as you noted, you know, inflation, the sort of pace of increase in prices won't be as strong as the pace of increase in their in their take home pay. Um, now, what we have seen is that you know the resilience that I pointed to in the economy, you know, that has been you know helped and supported by uh, you know uh, government measures. Uh, and those government measures, uh, you know, uh, can't, 
can't necessarily continue into the future to the same extent. Uh, otherwise, they would be they would be sort of worsening the inflation problem. They would be pushing up demand too much in the economy and, and causing inflation to be a little bit higher than what they would otherwise be the case. But broadly speaking, yes, as you know, the labour market remains strong uh, as we're envisaging, uh, as wages begin to pick up uh, in the region of uh, five to six percent growth in wages this year and next. Um, you know, we will see uh, uh, you know, a restoration of purchasing power uh, for, for households. On the businesses front, you know, input costs you know, have been high. You know, energy costs in particular have been high, and businesses have had to pass that on to a, cer- to a certain extent to their, their own consumers and their own customers. But again, on those fronts, sort of the, the, the wholesale prices for things like electricity, for, for, for energy, uh, and some of the sort of the more challenging supply chain issues that businesses have been facing, particularly if they were waiting for product or, or trying to manage, uh, manage pipelines, you know, those things are improving, uh, and that should help, um, uh, should help in terms of the, the outlook. But broadly speaking, you know, the economy is out of place where the biggest challenge is you know, uh, you know, uh, labour shortages in certain sectors, um, and uh, you know that will still be a, a little bit of a headache for some businesses going forward. Yeah. Now, while inflation is made up of a basket of uh, prices, and energy has been going down, and uh, we've seen a lot of reductions from utility companies, and indeed motor fuel has been decreasing, although uh, trending back up of late. Um, two big household. Uh, items, namely mortgages and groceries, have been increasing. How are they contributing to inflation and what's the outlook for those two specific sectors, uh, you know, grocery inflation and mortgages? Mm. So food price inflation as we, you know, really took over from energy toward the end of last year and in the start of this year in terms of being the main driver for uh, that people would sort of notice uh, price increases. Um, and that really has been, uh, you know, there are there, there were specific seasonal factors related to that. Um, uh, as we know, this year uh, that those sort of uh, weather-based factors has also been challenging. Um, as we know, for for some of the agri-food sector this year in particular, so the the the, the, the sort of the pressure that's there on food prices. You know, it's still continuing to a certain extent, uh, but we would expect them to ease in terms of like the pace of increase would be expected to ease. Um, we won't necessarily see such strong food price inflation, but we're not necessarily both on the food prices and on the energy prices to a certain extent. We're not necessarily going to see them go back down to levels that we would have seen, say, before the pandemic or, or before the war in Ukraine. Um, we're sort of adjusting to a period where those kind of levels will be a little bit higher than what we would would have expected before, but they won't necessarily be as increasing as fast as what we saw through 2022 into the first part of this year. Now, you mentioned mortgage interest rates going up. Um, yes, that is the case, and as we've seen, and that differs across different types of households, and it differs uh, across sort of the type of products that people would be on, whether they be on a, a fixed rate mortgage, they wouldn't necessarily have seen um, those increases in interest rates affecting their interest repayment. Obviously, if people are on tracker mortgages, there's a mechanical uh, adjustment from, say, ECB interest rates through to, to their, uh, their rate increase. And now, you know, broadly speaking, one has to understand what monetary policy is trying to do is basically to bring inflation back down to 2% because inflation is, in essence, a tax on everybody. Uh, inflation is something that uh, if we, if, is, uh, becomes embedded in people's uh, experience uh, over a longer period of time. 
um, it can be very destabilizing uh, to the economy uh, and can ultimately you know, uh, you know, re- restrict the capacity for people to have you know, sustainable growth in, in living standards. So that's why interest rates have been I- I- increased in Europe. Um, and you know, we're gradually beginning to see those feed through, both in terms of uh, business rates, that, uh, lo- loans for, for businesses, loans for households, mortgages included, uh, and also very gradually uh, on, on deposit rates as well. Uh, and ultimately, that will help bring back, you know, uh, you know, demand, uh, bring back to sort of the balance between, you know, demand in the economy and supply conditions in the economy and help inflation come back down towards uh, more sustainable levels over the medium term. Um, this week, it's been all about farming with uh, the National Ploughing Championships just across the border from us in Ratanisca, County Leash. Is your forecast saying anything of interest to the farming community? Uh, you know, they've been having uh, an interesting couple of years. What's the outlook going into the future like? Well, I mean, it's certainly a challenging, has been a challenging year this year uh, with respect to some of the weather conditions for certain types of farming as we've seen. Um, uh, and obviously some of those input costs that we referred to before, obviously, you know, uh, fuel, etc., being a major input and the challenge that they saw with respect to fertiliser prices uh, last year and the increase in those, uh, th- those are certainly you know uh, things that are uh, ameliorating. They're not get, they're, we're not necessarily going to see as strong increases in in, in prices. Uh, and you know uh, as the sort of the adjustment to food prices uh, evolves as well, you know we we would expect you know there could be some issues with respect to agri food. One other thing just to note is in, you know obviously important for Ireland is, is the Brexit situation. Uh, and you know, uh, on the uh, on the Irish export side, we haven't necessarily seen the full impact of Brexit just yet, because the UK authorities haven't brought in the full level of checks, so the phytosanitary checks, etc. Uh, and I think that's been uh, delayed even further into next year. So that is also something just to be mindful of. There has been already a significant shift in the industry and in the sector to, uh, away as much as possible to, to to try and think about other markets beyond the UK. But the UK still remains an important market. And it will be a little bit of an adjustment when those checks come in uh, and when the uh, when the UK starts actually imposing those sort of phytosanitary checks on, 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 on uh, agri-food products going into the UK market. Um, we would be judging that something like that is going to be a bit of a negative shock if literally the barriers go up to the import and export of, of food uh, between Ireland and the UK or Ireland and Great Britain. How much of a, a, an impact can that actually have on the economy or, or do you have any data on that? So, I mean, we we have do we have done estimates overall, um, say going back when you know when Brexit was start starting to kick off. And yes, it is the case that you know the Irish economy would be you know one to two percent better off if Brexit hadn't had happened. Um, now there have been a number of things put in place uh, since. 2016 and things this has, uh, has emerged uh, both actions both by on the authorities level you know the the issues with respect to you know, the Windsor framework and these kind of issues to try and you know minimize the, the impact uh, on the island of Ireland with respect to the Brexit uh, uh, implications to the, as much as can be done uh, uh, but but there is undoubtedly the case that you know not having the UK as part of the EU um, is worse from an economic perspective than having the UK in the EU. Uh, but broadly speaking, it's not sufficient to you know offset the the you know, the, 
broadly positive trend, underlying long-term trends in the Irish economy that should filter through to, to, to both on the agri-food sector and other sectors of the economy as well. And now we talked about, um, you know, household bills, um, mortgage rates and so on. How is consumer demand for businesses uh, or consumer sentiment or, you know, how does all this um, stuff impact on the outlook for business growth? So consumer spending in Ireland has, has actually been remarkably strong, and in the, even in some of the latest data that the, the Central Statistics Office put out, um, you know they've actually revised up uh, their estimates for how much consumer spending has happened in the economy in the last two years. Now, again, with all the headwinds that are there, whether it be the, the higher interest rates, um, you know, this sort of gradual slowdown, the capacity constraints in the economy, as we said, that's there anyway. I mean, we would expect. Um, a, a slowing pace of growth in consumer spending this year, but still positive. Uh, and, you know, people are still, you know, demanding goods and services from, uh, you know, whether it be uh, leisure, whether it be recreation, whether it be, you know, food. Uh, food. Um, you know, there's still quite a significant level of, of demand there. Um, so certainly, you know, sentiment itself um, has uh, has picked up a little bit during the summer, uh, and it's sort of back to where it was uh, sort of the beginning of 2021-2022 when the you know the pandemic locked when the lockdowns were basically emerged, uh, being eased off uh, and so we would expect a, a sort of a more stable growth in consumer spending than what we've had in the last couple of couple of years which has been a sort of a rebound growth from the lockdown uh, so still uh, challenging times obviously for households uh, for certain households in particular with interest rates um, you know going up but you know hopefully with those interest rates coming going up we will begin to see uh, more benign price conditions uh, in other parts of the consumer basket uh, and that will also help demand levels for, for for small businesses in particular in Ireland. What about uh, the impact and the contribution of uh, Irish-based multinational companies? Uh, we heard, uh, I think in the last week or so, about a, a decline in the contribution to the economy from them. What's the outlook there? Is that something we're going to see? It was higher than expected for many years. Uh, are we going to see a bit of a decline in that area? Yeah, so again, there's sort of there's a couple of things going on there. And we did a, in the bulletin, we did a little bit more in-depth work on what is really explaining or behind the slowdown that we're seeing in this in, in 2023 in the export growth, particularly of our multinational sector. And there are a couple of things there, um, some industry specific, some more related to global trends. Uh, and on the industry specific side, I think a, a lot of the uh, a lot of the issue, uh, as you know, Ireland has got two you know, dominant uh, dominant sectors when it comes to exports, uh, both in sort of the, the, the biopharmaceutical sector, the medical instrument sector, and then um, uh, on the ICT sectors as well. Now, on the uh, on the medical sector and the pharmaceuticals in particular, uh, the slowdown this year really relates to uh, it's sort of like a post pandemic. Um, uh, adjustment. So, uh, especially with the demand for vaccines, etc., uh, and the pace of growth in in the capacity for for or the need to produce vaccines, that's gone now. So, uh, and Ireland was an important part in the value chain for producing, um, you know, COVID uh, nineteen related vaccines. So, as the the, the growth is not there anymore for the COVID-19 vaccines. You know, that growth has, has eased off. But you know, outside of that, you know, we would still see quite a, you know, a, a steady base level of growth uh, in the pharmaceutical sector going forward. On the ICT sector, it's a little bit of a different story. Um, there is, uh, you know, there is you know, uh, both geopolitical issues, 
uh, potential for what we would call more fragmented trade. You know, some of the issues, sort of the the, the actions being taken by the United States uh, to uh, you know to uh, sort of offset. Um, you know uh, the, the rise of, of certain Chinese uh, technologies and trade with China. That has implications for for, for Ireland, given the, the 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 large share of U.S. multinationals, particularly in the ICT sector. And so, what we have seen is that the both that and a, a sort of a, a slowdown generally in China that we've witnessed in 2023. That's led to a slightly slower growth in, say, the export of semiconductors uh, and some of those sort of uh, other IT-related factors uh, in Ireland. Now, again, over the medium term, one would expect a a, a continued growth in that sector, you know, uh, with uh, all the expansion technology that we're witnessing. Uh, but again, just maybe just one or two uh, more lean years on the back of very strong growth, as you noticed, and you noticed yourself happening in those two sectors in the last couple of years. Finally, um, towards the end of your statement uh, accompanying your uh, economic forecast, there's a line that says it remains important that domestic policy does not work at cross purposes to what monetary policy is trying to achieve. Uh, that uh, needs a bit of unpacking. What does that mean? So basically, I mean, as you know, you know, we're part of the euro area, the monetary union. Our interest rates are set for the euro area as a whole. Uh, and really what's important when we think about the, the, the Irish inflation outlook is what is the domestic conditions and the, demand, the domestic demand conditions relative to the rest of the euro area. And if the domestic command, demand conditions are stronger or you know, relative to the rest of the euro area, um, uh, we won't necessarily see uh, or we could see uh, a sort of a divergence between inflation in Ireland and inflation in the euro area where inflation could go down faster in the euro area uh, than it is going down uh, in Ireland. That wouldn't be good for the Irish economy and for Irish businesses and Irish households. Um, and, and the main sort of domestic policy tool in that regard is fiscal policy. It's basically the tax and spend that the, that the government does on a day-to-day and on a year-to-year basis. Uh, and our position would be that, you know, at this point in time, with the economy, you know, having done relatively well, having done very well, actually, with the overall uh, and with uh, the econ- with demand being you know so strong uh, in the domestic economy uh, as it is and as we're seeing in the data, uh, now is not necessarily the right time for you know uh, fiscal policy as in the budget to be what we would call expansionary as in to be you know adding more money into the economy than necessary than is necessarily needed um, and you know I think it's important then and that would be a, would have been our message to and would have been in our governor's message to the minister for finance and the Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform would be to be mindful of that when framing the budget for, for next year and over the next couple of years, that uh, you know, there are obviously choices that can be made um, uh, about you know, you know, supporting the most vulnerable, giving supports to businesses as needs be uh, if the case is there, uh, and ensuring that you know, those in society that, that need assistance get assistance. But within that context, um, that uh, you know, there is a, a limit to the amount of money overall that the government should be adding into the economy and should be mindful of that so that they don't necessarily make uh, uh, an inflation situation which is getting better, but we want it to get better uh, at, a, at, a, at a reasonable pace. And if, if there is too much money being pumped into the economy, stoking demand, inflation in Ireland basically won't go down as quickly as we would have hoped. Uh, so it's just to be mindful of that when we think about the, the domestic policy outlook uh, overall. Thanks very much. Martin O'Brien, Head of Irish Economic Analysis at the Central Bank of Ireland. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.